0: I'm gonna make him an awful
1: camera frankly my dear i don't give a damn i want a day what a lovely day i've been around the station a few times assemble with the first pick in the draft hello and welcome to the film draft podcast i am your host jacob cunningham and we are here for a big big episode today an episode a long time in the making with me as always is my wonderful co-host jaron heron how you feeling about this one today
0: Feeling great and big is the word of the day because we are drafting three-hour movies. Upon doing the research for this episode, um, fewer movies than I thought I would have seen are 180 plus minutes. We're saying Hard and Fast with 180 minutes, not a minute under will be accepted. Uh, but there are there are some really great ones. And I feel like when you commit to watching a three hour movie, it's generally one that you have to be pretty confident you're going to like. Otherwise, it's just like a, a big amount of your time that potentially is wasted. So I feel like everyone will have some pretty passionate picks and I'm excited to see what they are. You've wrangled a couple of local guests. I'm very excited to uh, parlay with. Would you like to introduce them?
1: Yeah, and uh, Jaron and I have had a lot of time to prep for this episode because one of our guests specifically has been requesting this one for a while, so we're really, really excited to get this person on. They are a good friend of mine, an Adelaide-based filmmaker and film lover who shares my love for uh, a lot of the classics and oldies and stuff, so I'm sure we're going to, as usual with people's passion picks, get uh, a lot of uh, niche and left-field stuff. This is Guy Henderson. How are you doing today?
2: Hey, I'm good. I'm very excited. I'm glad we're finally making it happen. This this has been a very, like, months in the making.
1: And our other guest today is another um, very passionate cinema lover, a guy I've known for years. And uh, he is also a bit of a podcaster in his own right uh, on the channel Requiem for a Film on YouTube. I've been on his show. It's a good time. And uh, they also do the suspiciously similar show uh, Movie Battles, which uh, may or may not been inspired by uh, a podcast very near and dear to you uh listener but um that's up to you to decide. Uh this is Buddy Osinkowski. Uh how you doing, man?
3: Very good. Thank you for having me on. Uh yeah, I'm excited to be talking three hour movies to the earth.
1: Now, the draft order for today, uh, it is Jaren has landed the first pick. This is one where I would have really liked to have it. Um, So I hope he doesn't steal what I want to pick. But uh, Buddy has the second. I've got the third. And Guy, it's their topic, but they have unfortunately landed Mm -hmm. the worst pick. But they get two in a row, so it sort of works out in the end. Uh, So Jaren, three-hour movies. You've been doing your research. We've been trading blows, watching a bunch of classics over the last couple months. So what's the cream of the crop?
0: The cream of the crop, and I'm very glad I got this because even without doing research, it's a movie I've I've loved for ten plus years. That is is my number one. It's it's not one of the ones that um I've garnered through recent watches. Uh, I think it's essential to filmmaking culture, essential to popular culture, and I think it's a very important film. I'm taking Schindler's List at pick number one. Um, yeah, abs- absolutely love Schindler's List. I don't think uh, I think it's just about a perfect movie. It's use of cinematography, color, sound design, um, and it's and it's such a personal film to Steven Spielberg. Obviously, of course, with his family going through uh, the Holocaust, the the topic of the film. So um, yeah, again, it's it's very very earnest. Um, it's heartbreaking, and uh, it's got to be pick number one for me.
1: Yeah, I re-watched it last week just to shore up not only its position in this list, but its position in my favourite films of all time. Shout out, follow me on Instagram to, to read that. Um, and it is, like, it holds up even after not watching it for 10 years. It is, um, really is maybe not quite my favourite Spielberg film, but the defining work of his career. You're big time. All right. Now, Buddy, for your debut on the film draft... Three hours. You didn't seem too confident about this topic when we talked before the episode, but uh, I'm excited to see what you got
3: for us first. Yeah, right. So you'd think seeing thousands of movies, you would have seen a lot of three hour movies, but it turns out I could only narrow it down to 16 movies with over 180 minutes. There were so many, just one or two minutes under that didn't quite make it. So I was tossing up between three movies I could pick. One would be one of my favorite movies of all time. One that I really love and would piss Jacob off, <laughs> but I went with a third one, uh, not 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 the one I was talking about, but I went with Lord of the Rings: Return of the King is my first pick. Mm-hmm. It's just Two iconic. <laughs> it's just iconic. I've loved Lord of the Rings since it came out. Seen all three at the cinema when well, they it came out when I was younger. Um couldn't really pick the first two so I had to pick Return of the King to represent the franchise as a whole. Yeah, great.
1: Yeah, it does yeah. piss me off but not not as much as it could have. So um <laughs> yeah, an incredible pick, but uh, I'm still going to get something I want. But it is a masterpiece. It's an incredible yeah. film and I wish I wish the other two films. But the other two are like 179 minutes so we can't pick them. Uh, yeah. Which is <laughs> bullshit. What have we done to ourselves here? Um but all right i'm up and i i get to pick my number one on the board which makes me very happy and it is a film it didn't come to me in my recent watches. it's a film that's been with me for a long time and uh just every single time i watch it i i love it more and more and more and uh if you've been following my all-time posts on instagram it's going to be pretty high on that list as well and i'm taking magnolia with my number one pick paul thomas anderson's magnum opus uh the first time i watched it it had to sit with me but then i watched it immediately again the week after and it's the type of movie that just gets you excited about filmmaking and just there are other films on this list that i can maybe compare it to but it's just these big epic character dramas with like every single shot something dynamics happening with the camera or just something ambitious with the storytelling like it rains frogs uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it Uh, it's just chock full of some of my favorite performances of the 2000s, um, or or is it 1999? I can't even bloody remember, but John C. Reilly's incredible. It's Tom Cruise's best performance. It's just a cry out for humans to be better to each other. And uh, it manages to stick in every single melodramatic human issue under the sun without feeling, um, inauthentic. But it is—it's—it's it, earnest, it's ambitious, and uh, it just completely moves me every time. And Amy Mann's soundtrack is incredible. And um, I know Jaron watched this recently and loved it too. So I was a little scared he might steal it from me. But I'm—I'm um, I'm glad I got that one.
0: Yeah, Ma- I, like you said, I watched it recently. Magnolia is a masterpiece. It's one of my favourite PTA films. Tom Cruise gives a great literally me performance um, <laughs> and then it completely transforms by the end into this really earnest, heartbreaking um, portrayal of a, of, of a man uh, who was wearing a facade which kind of comes out of nowhere. His um, Oscar nomination was, was very, very well earned and honestly, you could have given Oscar nominations to 10 people in that cast. I mean, what, a, what an ensemble, um, what a filmmaking effort.
1: It's great I was going to say, like Tom, I can't. Not only could I not believe Tom Cruise didn't win, I probably would have just nominated five people from Magnolia as the supporting actor category, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, John C. Riley, Jason Robards. Oh my god, um, yeah, I could talk about Magnolia all day, but uh, it's yeah, incredible film. So. Guy, you've got two picks in a row. Yeah. Some, something tells me your your favourite hasn't been taken yet, and I'm really excited to see what two films you get.
2: I know, yeah. I wasn't expecting um, my top one and two to be free um, for this one, so I'm just going to go straight into it. My number one is Lawrence of Arabia. Um, I don't think that's too much of a surprise because uh, Jacob and I, we saw it a few months ago, which is your first time seeing it. Which in
1: a theatre, the perfect way to experience it for your first
2: time. Yeah, the first, I think I tried to watch this movie like two times in high school and I didn't like get it. And then I saw it in a cinema and I was like, oh my God, this is, I just, everything fell into place. It goes by for me, it goes by so quick. And it's one of those films that I try to only watch every once, every two or three years. And every time I do, I pick up on something new. So the first few times it was all about, you know, how beautiful all of the shots are, how amazing everything um looks on screen, how it's all composed and the performances are all amazing. But then even the of, ones
1: in blackface.
2: Oh yeah. It's actually I will say when we watched it a few months ago, the thing that I the new thing I picked up on was how Alec Guinness's nose has like a really weird greenish kind of hue to it. I don't know. That was the thing I picked up recently <laughs> when I saw it. Um but yeah, then like so yeah it's something I've gotten uh, I've gotten something new from it every time I've watched it, and yeah, I always come back to it. Even when I say, "Oh, I might take a break from it," whenever it's on at Palace Nova, I always just have to go see it anyway. So yeah, number one.
1: Yeah, I think I'll probably do that too. And nothing, nothing left field about that pick. That's like, like I think it might actually be the longest film I've ever seen, and it doesn't drag for a single second. I think.
2: Very yeah, it's it's a lean mean movie, even though it's yeah nearly three and a half. But that's my number one. And number two, um, it's called um, OJ Made in America. This is a nearly eight-hour documentary that was made in 2016 about OJ Simpson's life from basically the time he got into college until when he was arrested in the early 2000s. And I've never seen the Ryan Murphy doc uh, like mini series um the people versus OJ. It's very because good. this movie so, this movie so, is So this one's
1: a film, not a mini series. Right? No, this
2: is a this is an eight hour documentary oh. film that was released theatrically. Yeah, I know it was made by ESPN and it is so comprehensive uh like throughout his entire life. You don't you you find out so much not just about OJ um, and the trouble but also what was going on in America at the time particularly um, in LA in the 90s with all of the riots it's it's so fascinating and it's mostly just people like sitting down and like being recorded in front of a camera and archival footage it's it's so and it's so cinematic as well it's it's a real it was a really unexpected watch for me I watched it you know, a week after I finished my undergraduate degree when I had like nothing to do and I really needed to deep dive into something. And I just watched this and it was it's the standard for what I think documentaries should be. Right on. I, um, the second
1: documentary taken in our show's history.
0: Yeah, this came up um for me. I was thinking about watching it. Obviously, I looked at the seven hour and uh mm. sixty minute runtime and I was like, that's daunting. But Disney Plus has it edited into a mini-series. So I wasn't um entirely sure yeah. we counted, but I do feel like that might be a case of like they maybe they don't hold eight hour files in one go. So they broke <laughs> the it. The thing up. is, I mean like, it, it was released, I theatrically, know it was released so I theatrically. It was released yeah. theatrically.
2: It was kind of controversial because it won Best Documentary that year, but the movie itself had already been kind of serialized. So it's broken up into like hour and a half like instalments basically. So at first it was released theatrically, but then when they put it on, it was basically made for T V as soon as it was released. So then they kind of broke it up. For like more, yeah, people to watch at home, but it was released it theatrically was released first, theatrical so that's why it counts. counts. Yes, Yeah. Right.
0: Yep, certainly. And honestly, I probably always thought that it counted because I did know that it was released theatrically. I just um, didn't think that I could dedicate eight hours mm. of my time to it when we had like a week <laughs> left. But it is definitely on my list. I've heard nothing but good things, and the and you've definitely shot it up my watch. With list Cuba now. Gooding Jr., is also yeah, very. It's it also very good. It's probably not as good as this documentary, but it is worth your watch also. Um, but all least, right, great two picks.
1: All right. We're back to me now. Um, which I was just listening to Guy talk about that film. I didn't even think about what my next <laughs> pick would be. Um, <laughs> I'm choosing between two right now and it's going to be a little while before my next pick. So I feel like I've got to make this one count and, uh, I've got two them choose between two films that are probably equally special to me and probably two films that are similar to Magnolia in that they're just really, really fast paced and entertaining. But, uh, I am going to take, a very film bro pick. I'm going to be taking The Wolf of Wall Street oh, by Martin Scorsese. No He's come up for the second week in a row. And, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple of films that Tom time I could take. But this has been one of my favorite films of all time since it came out. And um, there's a lot of films I watch where I'll say, this is the fastest paced throughout movie of all time. But this, this might be... Um, I don't know. It's just, it's the fact that a dude in like his 70s made something this freewheeling and genuinely debaucherous, not like fake debaucherous. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's a testament to Scorsese's power of, as a uh, as a filmmaker and how he can step into every single genre on the planet. And uh, it's a film I quote all the time. It's full of iconic performances and cameos from directors and everything. Like, I'm never eating at Benny Hanna again. I don't care whose birthday it is, Jaren.
0: <laughs> So yeah, Wolf of Wall um, Street, that's my that was pick. That was coming up for me also. It's it's one of Marty's um, best. I fucking love the Wolf of Wall Street. It's endlessly rewatchable, even though it's three hours. Like you said, it also might be the fastest-paced three-hour film I've seen. Um, it's, it's ridiculously well-paced, and it's so frenetic. It feels like a four-hour movie stuffed into a three-hour movie, the amount of stuff mm-hmm. they get through, the it decades, it spans... Mm-hmm. Uh, ridiculously entertaining, and then also provides great insight and great uh, lessons and and takedowns into these people. Um, yeah.
1: It's similar, same as his gangster movies. It's like if you think he's if you think he's glorifying the lifestyle, then you're pure and simply watching it wrong. Yes. <laughs> All right, buddy, you are up now with your second pick. Well, it was going to be Wolf of Wall Street. All right, oh, good, so, yeah. good. I'm on, I'm on side.
3: So I'm going to have to go with a movie that is actually one of my favourites of all time. I don't think a lot of people would agree. Uh, Titanic. I yeah, have a real soft spot cool. for, for romance oh, yeah. movies. Uh, it's one of my favourite genres. So I have a massive list on Letterboxd of all my favourite uh, romance movies. Titanic I saw when I was younger and it's always just been that movie. That never has felt like three hours. It's always that one I can just go back to and watch any day. It can be in any mood. Never feels like a chore. It's um just the way it's been, you know, one that really means a lot to me. And that's why I picked it.
1: I haven't seen Titanic since I was a literal child, but it gave me yeah. a <laughs> lifelong fear of drowning in the ocean. So I guess it's effective. Mm. I need yeah. to give it another watch someday. But uh, it's definitely um one of the, like, I mean, it's like, Bloody just about the highest grossing movie of all time. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one of the most essential three hour movies. I can see Jaron crossing something off his list there. Yeah. <laughs> the Titanic
0: enjoyer. I'm a man. I've drafted it on this podcast before.
1: Yeah. Titanic's yeah. True. Guy. Ocean movies. You'd Shout out, not to Titanic. remember also the better Titanic movie. But uh, Jaron, you have two picks in a row, my guy.
0: Thank what you. It, uh, not not
1: guy, Jaron, but Jaron, my guy. I knew guy.
0: it was going to happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for us? Uh, My number two is still on the board, which I'm very, very happy about. One of my favourite films of all time. I'm taking Michael Camino's Vietnamese war epic, The Deer Hunter. Um, This movie is, it's fucking phenomenal. Three uh, three men, three friends join the United States Army and are pretty much immediately captured and held behind enemy lines captive. Um, This movie is, it's incredible. It came out in the 70s when, you know, US was, the United States were, on an absolute trot with, um, you know, a pro pro capitalist and 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 um pro, fucking loving a country patriotism, and yet this movie is so anti war, um, and so it, it displays toxic macu- masculinity. I think a long time before that came into the mainstream as well. It shows how war breaks people emotionally, physically, psychologically. Uh, It's ridiculously um, epic in all senses of the word. These stories are are very, very tragic. It's one of the most bleak three-hour movies I've seen. And um, if you don't think it's bleak, that last act with Christopher Walken giving one of the finest performances of all time as a psychologically broken man um when when they go and find him because he's been behind the lines for for so long he gets back home and he is broken they find him in that absolutely iconic game of russian roulette his performance there is is fucking haunting he looks like a dead man walking um just that
1: image of him in that red headband, like it's like it's the the first thing that jumps to the front of my mind whenever i think about that film and I haven't watched it in, like, eight years because oh, I feel like I'm too scared to go back to it because of how goddamn brutal it is. But uh, it's pretty high on my board as well. Yeah.
0: Incredible movie. Oh, yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you You guys? Are you a fan of The Deer Hunter? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I could so see a bit of I watched... mm when Jaren picked it. I, I watched right. it at Palace right.
2: Nova, like, last year, and I went with my friend, we had the saddest beer afterwards. We were just like, we, yeah. Um... <laughs> I I mean, will that not sounds like the movie doing this
0: job. Let cinema make you feel... That's okay. That's okay. Oh, was it a, that's that's it a that's disappointment beer?
2: It was... Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know if this will make it in, but I feel like it was the kind of movie that the actors and the editors kind of had to work around the dialogue <laughs> because I cannot remember a single piece of dialogue from that entire three-hour movie, and I feel like they just kind of had to work around it and everyone had to work a little bit harder just because... The entire thing didn't really come like the story is there. The entire thing didn't come together maybe as well as anybody wanted it to. Um, But I have also kind of blocked it out of my brain, so that's kind of as deep as I can go with that thought.
0: I mean, I think the best picture Oscar would probably stand in the way of that (laughs) argument. I also think um, it's that's a strange. um, I mean, a completely, completely um, relevant your opinion, but it is a strange takedown considering it's it's a the, the movie. Is revolves around visual splendor, and there really isn't a lot of dialogue, especially in that in that last act. It it basically, um, like you said, the performances mm-hmm. maybe re- like the film relies on those performances, but I think it's because it is largely dialogueless, especially for that last half. Uh, which maybe is what you're remembering, not saying you're wrong, but saying uh, maybe it's worth it. <laughs> there a really is a bit of up, but, um...
1: <laughs> no. um Yeah, I can't wait because I haven't seen it in a long time, but the dialogue was never what stuck out um, to me with that film anyway. But uh, before we get go down a deer hunter-shaped rabbit hole, what do you got for your second pick?
0: Yes, uh, I'm taking another anti-war film. Um, one, another one of my favorites of all time. But this is from the perspective of German Three soldiers in World War Two. I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking Dust Boot by Wolf. Knew this Beard. was coming. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, one of my favorite films. I'm taking the um, the, the four-hour cut, which is the one that was mostly theatrical i think it might be like 350 but again it it follows this group of soldiers i explained this a lot more eloquently when i had more energy on our ocean episode but it follows a group of soldiers some new and and some seasoned going down into a german u-boat which are these boats that were designed to intercept uh british british um ships and take them down they were shown in a lot of uh uh, propaganda, um, army films, like about like how they're the devil and they're cowards and stuff like that. And this, this group of people, it shows you how they fucking hated what they had to do. And you see the new, like, it shows you the, the new crew coming on, like, yeah, pro war, let's go like, like a lot of, um, war films do. And then you have the seasoned vets, like, you know, they're hailing Hitler in the, in the U boat and the seasoned vets are like, we're, we're, we're not on, we're not on German land. You don't have to fucking do that down here. Like, look where we are. This movie truly is a descent into hell and they go to the furthest pits of like genuinely on earth, um, both psychologically and physically. And they come back, some of them come back from it and then the reality of war hits again. It's a, it's a truly um, depressing film, but a very, very important one. And um, yeah, Dust Boot is an incredible film, an incredible recommendation if you haven't seen it. Update from
1: the Ocean App: I have now watched this film. I hadn't last time. and hey. yeah, And I, I really, really, really liked it. Eh? it. No, uh, yeah, I really messed with it for most Definitely not to the degree you did, but it's like uh so you talked about the themes and the depth stuff, but just the filmmaking, the technical aspects are just insane. Like the you oh, really yeah. do feel like you're in there and the way they shoot all of the with the scenes where they get bombed and everything. It is really incredible. I I don't know how I feel about the ending, but I won't go into spoilers, but um, oh, I think for the brilliant. most part I think I really it's like fucking that film. brilliant.
0: But the sound design is all-time as well. When they have to be completely silent down there and rely on sonar, Um, it's fucking incredible. Um anyway, I'm really excited to see what Buddy has for us next. Definitely another (coughs) German film, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Nah.
3: Um so Deer Hunter. I actually just going off what you just chose, I had never actually finished it. I tried to watch it when I was about sixteen, seventeen. Oh bro. But whatever happened, I got to never finished it. Uh no, I'm not saying I hate it. I just have been waiting for the perfect time to for Palace to screen it, and I just think I missed the session last time because I want to see it in the theater for the first time properly.
1: Shout yeah, out to Palace Nova the Cinemas, cinemas. Film Draft. They're really so carrying the by, of, yeah. by Adelaide today. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it sucks because I was going to the the Monday doubles all the time, and now I just moved so far away. I haven't been to one in like <laughs> a year. <laughs> um, Anyway, yeah, my is well worth your
0: time. Check it out.
3: When I will eventually <laughs> not <laughs> um, until the cinema number...
1: screens. It's the only way to watch three hour movies because then we just go like get it's distracted and go on our phones. Objectively stuff. true.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is why I wait for the screening, because I know at home I would just get distracted.
1: <laughs> All right, what do you got for us for your next two? So
3: I have changed my list in the last five, ten minutes, ever since you uh, stole Wolf for Wall Street off me. Um, I had to go with my number three, my favorite movie from last year, Babylon. Ah! <laughs> nice.
1: Fuck you. I was hoping that would slip to me. Take him down.
3: I had to do it, Jacob. You know, yeah, I had to. Nicely
1: done. I'm I actually not, didn't I, think I, you I love... were that big on it. All right. No, I'm happy you are. I,
3: I'm not much of a movie rewatcher. I know you've watched it like what, like half a dozen times? Nine least.
1: times, actually.
3: Nine? Jeez. Oh, my God. That's... Um, that's double. That's double my most rewatched movie on Letterboxd in ten years. So Well, wow. <laughs> you could have watched yeah. OJ Made in America once. Come on, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know how much to say about it because you know I you're do. The one that would probably gush about it. Uh, I love Damien <laughs> Giselle and I think he's made what four perfect movies. I love every single one he's done, and. Babylon was my number one of last year. It was just so much fun, so energetic. I didn't, I didn't get all the hate that the the critics. Like, um, all right, let's not let
1: guy it. talk here because I know how guy feels
0: about Babylon. <laughs> okay, how I really feel, yeah. <laughs> right. well, no, I, want to, I want to
2: hear what I want to hear. Yeah, 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 let no, us uh, do
1: uh, it. it. <laughs> this is what it's all about.
2: Look, I don't all even right. know what my opinion like. Half of it was really cool. Half of it wasn't. That's all I remember. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> that was very insightful guy thank you thank you <laughs> I'll i'm, I'm speaking um, truths right now yeah uh but no, no i was like six or seven movie.
0: friends and it was um a wide variety of opinions after it i'd say like mm. at least 80 percent positive even the people that um weren't huge on it didn't dislike it um but there were at least myself included like two three four of us that fucking loved it
2: um, yeah Babylon. i think it probably will be one of those films in like 10 years time it'll probably it will probably get reappraised as being one of those movies that people didn't appreciate much at the time i think that is what it's kind of destined towards in its own way um and just remember so you're a fight
0: club we yeah.
1: we were here first we were here first that's what i'm you saying pl- like yeah. one We're on the right side of history with Babylon. It's not just my favorite movie last year. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Like, I actually had it higher on my list than Wolf of Wall Street. I was just kind of banking on it slipping to me, but Buddy got in there um, (laughs) nicely done. I knew knew you were going to pick
3: it eventually, so I just had to to pull the trigger. (laughs) All
1: right. So it falls to me. Babylon would have been my next pick, but it's off the board now. So uh, I get to pick something a little different, I guess, because that would have been like sort of three freewheeling ambitious debauchery sort of movies uh so i'm gonna take it in a little bit of a different direction and go with something i watched a lot more recently uh in our recent, it's probably the only film that really stuck out to me uh in my research for this episode uh jaron probably knows what i'm talking about here but i'm taking oliver stone's jfk which is a film i really Did not think I was going to like as much as I did. I've had friends begging me to watch it for years, and I thought, "Ah, that's just going to be a boring, stodgy biopic and stuff. JFK rules. It is fucking awesome. (laughs) It is, like, such such based filmmaking it is just oliver stone spouting <laughs> off conspiracy theories for three hours and it is some of the most fun i have had watching a movie at home in years i literally could not like i didn't look at my phone once i just had my eyes glued to the screen uh just so many it's a who's who of. it's like a an oppenheimer or a or a babylon or just uh, all these character actors coming in every two every five minutes there was another actor showing up who i didn't know was going to be in the movie shout out to joe pesci's crazy eyebrows shout out to kevin bacon saying you don't know shit because you've never been fucked in the ass Um, ass. (laughs) (laughs) um donald sutherland is probably like comes in and steals the show with seven minutes of screen time, giving maybe the most riveting speech I've seen in a film. And it got to the point where like John Williams' score single-handedly convinced me of the fourth bullet theory. It is just like, it is such impressive filmmaking. That last, dude, the end of the film, uh, Kevin Costner just talks for like 40 minutes and it's just, it's so good. Um, I could not believe how much I enjoyed JFK and it's a film I'm very excited to keep revisiting. It's one of the best things I've seen all year.
0: Um, completely second that sentiment. I watched it at home after your recommendation only a few days ago when I love courtroom dramas and the last third of this movie, which, you know, it's a three-hour movie, so the last third is a fucking hour long, is a co- giant courtroom sequence and it's got to be – one of my favourite third acts in a film of all time. And I loved the whole thing, but it was ridiculously exciting. And like you said, um, after watching it with that score and those performances, and this might tick off some Americans, but obviously it's subjective filmmaking. Oliver Stone wants you to lean a certain way, but it's subjective filmmaking while using genuine facts. And I came out of it going, Lee Harvey Oswald was a fucking patsy there was a there was a second shooter he was set up i watched a dan merle video today where he was plugging one of the um like he does a he plugs a local cinema and and puts like 10% of his um uh, 10% of his earnings from his YouTube videos into that local cinema because um, it's something he believes in which is really great and he was like oh it's the cinema in Texas where um Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK and I was like he's a patsy he didn't do it <laughs> like, he up? didn't do it Dan you're full of shit he may have been involved but he wasn't alone yeah it was a it's it's the kind of film
1: that sends you down a rabbit hole on wikipedia and those are the best kind of films honestly um yeah jfk right and it's just it's so critical of american imperialism and war profiteering and stuff like there's a bit near the end where kevin costner just looks at the camera while he's talking shit about the establishment oh yeah it's good stuff all right great film guy you got two what do you think about jfk have you seen it
2: I haven't seen it. I don't think I, yeah. When, when you posted that on your like IG story, I realized I'd never seen an Oliver Stone movie. Oh,
1: wow. Oh, wow. Well, right, that's, that's Holy something we can cow. talk about top after of the, the list. Show. I missed
2: it. I missed it at Palace Nova. So that's why I haven't seen it, I guess. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't know they played it, but uh, I watched it. it at home and it did never bored me for a second. So if you got Disney plus, n- I'm not plugging Disney plus fuck Disney, but um, it's on there. <laughs> if you have it. Um, Tell how I you like, cool. They've
0: also got OJ made in America. So they're not. Yeah, yeah there good. we go. It's yeah. That's that's why, yeah. Disney plus.
1: Guy, um, uh, you got two
0: picks
2: Yeah, I was not expecting to have um, as many of my favourite picks as I currently have so um, I'm going to uh, third on my list, I'm going to go with a movie that I watched specifically for this episode um, and it's, an, it's a movie whose name I cannot pronounce all the way through so I'm just going to say Jean Dillman Yep,
1: yep, I thought it would oh, be yes. this Jean, hand, Dillman. Hand. Yep. Jean Dillman, 23 Kaidu Commerce, 1080, Bruxelles Better
2: you than me and
0: like AFI's four? number one movie of all time last year, it uh, was Sight by film directors, Sight and Sound. I
2: watched it. Today it was critics. This it was show. the yeah. It was the critics' um, vote as their favorite. Yeah, as the number one pick of the critics' poll. And this was, I think, it was a movie I've kind of always been aware of um, and been a bit afraid of because it is, you know, these really long. Intimidating takes of this woman just kind of living in her apartment over the course of three days, but it, it's I I still can't stop I can't stop thinking about it because it's just I especially now with you know all of our you know technology with like mobile phones and you know computers it's one of those things where you know we're so within our own world and back in 1975 when this was made like they didn't even have like the internet. So it's like they just went about their days without any kind of, you know, awareness of anything else. And it's one of those things when you, like, pull back, you realise, oh, I'm just kind of living that life as well, even if I don't realise it. Um, This movie broke my brain a little bit. It's so suspenseful, and you wouldn't think that. But when things start to go wrong in this movie, because you see this woman and her routine and how she lives her life and how she's in her own world, when you start to see things fall apart, it's just, it's it's the most cinematic thing ever. And it's, even though I, I did watch, yeah,
1: oh yeah. no, I was gonna say it's the kind of film that like when the, a character dropping a fork is like an action scene. Oh god, no, when <laughs> she drops, it's just a woman doing dishes for three hours.
2: When she <laughs> dropped the the brush that she uses to shine her son's shoes, that for me was like, oh shit's it's about to go down. Yeah. That was, it was insane. Um, So yeah, I really, really enjoyed this movie and I'm glad that I finally got around to it. Would love to see it on a big screen, not on my laptop. You know, here we are. I definitely (laughs) wish
1: I would have seen it in theater too because, oh, that's gross. Um, (laughs) But no, I watched it today as well. I definitely didn't like it as much as you did, but I did really appreciate it. And despite Mm -hmm. the sort of punishing runtime i did find myself yeah. sort of no- noticing patterns as it goes on and it's I meant know. to be punishing it's meant to be a slog but um it is really rewarding and i do think it's something that knowing what the big picture is i won't spoil the ending because it's probably the only big moment of drama in the whole film it's, but yeah knowing where it goes i do think it would i'd appreciate it a whole lot more in a rewatch but it might take years to build myself up to watch three and a half hours of a woman doing chores again but i will <laughs> but uh it's yeah. definitely a film worth watching
0: yes guy, um, i have to write all of these film titles on our social media page fit it into like a <laughs> track, so i yes. fucking hate you right now i just wanted <laughs>
2: to make it difficult for you specifically i That's respect why, um... you but i hate you well i'm yeah.
0: a big fan of
1: teams with a lot of syllables in them and guy has that wrapped up <laughs> yeah right I've got some
2: long titles yeah um, um now let's okay. add some more all right um this is one that obviously i watched the palace nova um I am a pretty big theater nerd. That was my entire deal before I got into film. So, I feel like this was a bit of a no-brainer in terms of me liking it. I'm going with Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Oh, this is I haven't seen this one. a 4. This is over 4 hours. It's unabridged Hamlet. And I will say Kate Winslet plays Ophelia in this movie and this was released a year before Titanic. So, she had already like Titanic was nothing compared to what she had to do in this one. It's so... You can tell Kenneth Branagh loves Hamlet so much, even though he's such a fuckboy. It's like the funeral that he throws for Hamlet at the end of the movie is, like, insane. Um, But it's so... You would think, like, you know, Shakespearean text and, like, four hours of it would just be punishing. This is exciting. It's suspenseful. There are cameos, like, everywhere in this movie. Like, Robin Williams shows up and Billy Crystal's in it. And there are so That's many, like, awesome. 90s cameos. It's like the other, yeah, the other big cameo four-hour movie of it's the Kevin 90s. It's JFK. Yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. Um, yeah. It no, was a yeah. was
1: a patsy.
0: He <laughs> <Was an laughs> um, may have been involved, but he wasn't solely responsible. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no. Um, yeah, so this was, yeah, my fave.
1: Right. I haven't seen that one, but again, uh, another thing I love about yeah. doing this show is getting recommendations and I've gotten some great ones again, shout out to speed racer from our past <laughs> guest, Kyle. No, um, so out. maybe Hamlet could be the speed racer of this set, but, uh, uh
0: app? <laughs> <have> you... <laughs> I'm with you, man. That's no, not it's... going to make me want to watch it
1: as in a good film. Uh, all right. No. <laughs> <I've>, I haven't, <laughs> it's my turn now. Uh, where am I? Yeah. Let me get, let me get my board up. All right. Um, look, I had a couple babies taken from me, but there's still a lot of awesome films here and, uh, I've got a bit of a tough decision now, but. Okay. I am going to take probably the last five star film I have left on the board here for me at least. And, uh, it's a film that not everyone loves and, uh, Jaron and I have one friend who really hates this movie, so shout out to Fuck, friend I of the show, uh, Blake Battersby. I am taking Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is his oh. only three-hour film, and uh, you, you know it's not. It, You're not going to listen to too many episodes of this where at least one Tarantino film doesn't end up getting drafted somehow. But, uh, you know, for all his misgivings as a person, he is one of my favorite directors. And I think this is a really underrated film in his oeuvre and uh, one of many that I do consider to be perfect. And it's just such... Um, an entertaining Western and it's just a real actor's showcase. And it it almost didn't get made because uh someone leaked the script, but I'm really glad they went through with it because the real joy of this is unearthing these performances. Like, especially Walton Goggins really blew me away uh in this thing as like a young wannabe sheriff. I thought he should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that film, and it's Sam Jackson doing some of the best work he's done in years, like the scene where he um Talks about how he uh, killed Bruce Dernstein is just brutal and such a fun piece of storytelling. Uh, yeah, absolutely love the hateful eight. Have you? Have our other guests? Uh, what? How do they feel about this one? I've, I've never, never seen,
3: seen it. Rated. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love it. It was on my list. It was probably going to be my fourth, fourth or fifth pick. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey look fair enough you just gotta wait for palace nova to screen it um
2: i'm pretty sure they, they did this they year i just yeah oh, they, they did, did like it. a year or so ago and i, I <laughs> yeah. did go to
1: that and uh glad i did Jared fun fact when uh we were we used to live while well, jaron didn't get let into the screening for this after he'd already seen it the night before because he was under 18
0: <laughs> yeah so i saw it the night before with my dad because he loves tarantino and I, I, think I saw it before oh, Jacob, and I, I, fucking loved it. And then Jacob was like, "I'm going with a bunch of mates." Jacob wasn't fucking eighteen either. <laughs> um, and I was like, "No, I'm I'll, I'll sure come with you." Um, you, were, we were in school, right, in Wales. Well, how so, did no. we get let in and not you? Exactly, if, man. No, you, we were. You I fucking, was eighteen. You certainly were not. <laughs> I'm older um, than you. You, were, you and your yeah, but you, we were like in fucking year ten, man. Yeah, we were in year 10. What year to come out? 2015? No way you're 16, 16, 18. Okay, maybe you would have I was born adjusted.
1: in 1997. I was 18. Okay, maybe you would have just. You weren't quite but, um, 18.
0: There was like you and like three other or four other friends that I don't think all of them would have been 18 were in the cinema and I was a bit late and I was like, don't worry boys, I'm just behind you. And then they wouldn't fucking let me in, the cowards. And we're not going to leave
1: the film just for Jaren's sake. So we went ahead and enjoyed ourselves. And and I was like, man, I I
0: saw this last night. I've already been here. And they were like, I don't know what to tell you. And I was like, you have a coward's heart and I will not forget this. And I haven't. uh, you, Wyala
1: Cinema and Middleback Arts Centre, you have failed to let Jaren into the screening of the Hateful Eight. Now you must put uh, this needle in your balls. Star. Yeah, would you like to play a game? Yeah, fucking. All right, uh, Buddy, on that note, speaking of putting needles in balls, what's your just, next three-hour Just thing? a bit
3: off topic, speak, speaking of uh, getting not let in, remember that Winnie the Pooh movie that just came out, The Blood and Honey? Oh, no. I went to a screening yep. of that. Uh, They had like a one-off screening. And it was like nine thirty at night. It was the only um, movie showing at that time, and there was like half a dozen teenagers sitting there with like they'd already bought popcorn and drinks, and they were, and they all got denied. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> 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 to <laughs> ring their parents and go home. I
0: Shout also to went to a actually, screening of that.
3: Buddy,
0: I also went to a screening of that, and yeah. I would just say shame on us. We shouldn't have done that. <laughs> shame on we us. Sh- we, should shouldn't not, no, we shouldn't have given it your have money. Supported that film. No. <laughs> Hang on, I'll probably support the second one too, even though the first one wasn't that good. (laughs) Uh, I've learned my lesson, I think. Anyway, what have you got for us?
3: All right, my number four. I wanted to, it's been 10 years since I've seen it, so I don't have uh, a lot to go in depth about, but I want to give it some representation on my list. I'm going with a a bit of a sexy French movie. Blue is the warmest color.
1: There we
0: go. Oh, yeah. I was
1: wondering if this would, Jaron. did you end up watching this? I know you were considering it.
0: No, I I own it on uh, Blu-ray, but I didn't end up watching it. Yeah, no. all right, I I can chime in here, but uh, we. Have, what you to watch JFK instead.
1: <laughs> what made you pick
0: that one? Me, um, oh. um Plus, I am more interested. Sorry. Oh no, buddy, oh, the draft pick. Oh, to buddy, discuss. please go.
3: <laughs> oh well, we only had sixteen to pick from, but no, I'm a big fan of romance movies, and this was a uh, very up my alley when I watched it. If you know what I mean, and um... sex. <laughs> No, but yeah, I thought it was a fantastic movie. I've only logged it once, but I gave it five stars when I watched it. So definitely to uh, re-watch return it.
1: Yeah, I, I've i seen this one too. I liked it. I would one say two. I liked it, didn't love it. I, yeah. It came off very, like, exploitative to me, like sex. Like, you could practically feel the director jacking it behind the camera. But I, <laughs> I still found the story pretty compelling. and Yeah. Um, Adèle Tripolis <laughs> and Lea Seydoux are really fucking good in that movie, so it's still definitely worth one worth checking out.
3: Look, give it. Look, it's been ten years since I watched it, so I could completely have a different opinion on it. No, on no, it's like, it's a good movie. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's good. But I'm just. Right. I don't need to hedge your bets, buddy. All right, stand by. Would be picked.
1: <laughs> all right, Jaron, two up to close out your yes. list.
0: Awesome. So I get to draft another movie that I picked only a couple of weeks ago, a movie I absolutely fucking love, very passionate about. I'm picking The Godfather Part 2. Um, yeah, naturally. I talked about this uh, Agnosium a couple of weeks ago, but just to quickly summarize it for our new guests, um, who I'm sure probably have seen it anyway... Um, Part two opens up with Vito. Vito is dead and Michael Corleone is kind of taking over the Corleone family, um, which is a role he's never jumped into before. Um, This, like, secret Italian mafia, they've always operated in the shadows. They've always been very, very subtle. I mean, most mafias are. They're kind of thrown into public scrutiny and they have to go into court. Michael has to represent them, which is something I don't see in a lot of gangster films. I think it's very unique. It's also very compelling, um, him having to walk a very tiptoe line in what he can say without exploiting his family and but also defend them i think it's really compelling um and so the family is is it's um they've always been good at what they do but they're in a new game and that would be compelling enough but then on the other side of that you've got robert de niro playing a young Vito um in almost or potentially a better even better performance than brando's iconic um turn as as Vito, both oscar winners um and brando's a show Vito, off i
1: do think he's better
0: yeah, well, De Niro's a goat, so probably, um, but he, he didn't um, rape any women on camera. Um, but Vito, um, he's, he's, he comes to New York, and he's, his family is nothing. He's the only one of them, and you get to see his rise, and he's it's not like your typical gangster rise where someone joins the ranks very young and kind of is an assistant, works their way up doing small jobs. You see how much of a powerhouse he is, how hungry he is, how... Um, determined he is and, and how scary he can be he rises up really quick he, and as he rises up and he gains everything you you watch him lose everything he lo- he also loses his family he has a very compelling um, arc at the start where he decides not to do something because it's against his moral code and then towards the end while he kind of still sticks to his ethics that makes him a compelling character you also see him becoming a lot meaner as he takes a as he takes a backward flip on on what he originally didn't do it's like a great reverse character arc and these two stories are into Twine so well the editing is amazing the pacing is ridiculously quick and you can tell that they really thought about how they wanted these stories to intertwine because there are so many dissolves so many transitions which just line up perfectly and no jacob godfather part two doesn't have any mustaches turning into trees uh we're talking that's why the first Pea- one godfather franchise right here um <laughs> and that's why i love the godfather part two it's endlessly rewatchable. Look, it's, I, I love it
1: it's pretty good for a movie that insists upon itself.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Robert
1: Duvall. Robert Duvall. Fine actor. Did not care for the movie. <laughs> no, nah, it's a good movie. Yeah, they, the section in Italy bores me to death. Um, mm. You know, but what are you going to do? Um, still a good film. Uh, it's all it. right, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm just carrying over the shit. Come on, <laughs> thanks for it. All right, yeah, uh, Jaron, what's your other pick?
0: Okay. Uh, my other pick, I've got two that I really want to pick between, um, oh yeah, there's two, one's going to be a great honorable mention. It probably will be actually taken in the next four picks. So I'm deciding, I'm still, what's your last pick anyway, which one I want to go for. I know, shut up. I think (laughs) I am going to look, I've gone two picks from the seventies, one from the eighties and one for early nineties, but fuck it. I'm going to go uber contemporary as in last five years. And Jacob, according to my letterbox research, Hateful Eight wasn't your last five out of five on the board. Uh, I'm taking Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Um, no, I had a couple others which, I
1: realized. I just had them lower on my list. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look, those these these four are uh, the ones that are going to earn me the the cinephile picks, and Avengers Endgame isn't going to earn me any of that. It's probably going to have my that, list a great on a little bit. But personally to me, this film is, I, I really love it with my whole heart. I think it's a great culmination um to 10 years of storytelling back when marvel were actually setting things up instead of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks i think it's one of their very last great films one of their few great films and one of their last great films um, and this one again it, it it weaves so many arcs into one finale and two of my favorite characters in that series are chris evans captain america and Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, and I think they have the two best send-offs in the franchise. Um, It was really poignant, really exciting. I think it was – it looked back on the, obviously, in that big time travel section, it looks back on itself. It insists upon itself, if you will, without being masturbatory. Um, and it's a better yeah, movie than The Godfather 2,
1: like genuinely. So, uh,
0: shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> love Avengers. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, great, great. That's that's my pick there. It might have my list look down.
1: And I'm surprised bit, you didn't pick it earlier because I know you, um, how special it is to you. And it's special to me as well. It's one of the very best superhero films ever made, I think. And, like, yeah. a, one that went back to several times despite the length, which is like hard to do because it's a common thing I'm finding on this episode. We're all like, Oh, I haven't seen that in like 10 years, but I think <laughs> I love it. Like, because it is hard to will yourself to go back and rewatch but these, but
0: we speak about fast paced three hour movies. Avengers end game doesn't feel like three hours time, to me. No, no I think no. it feels like a, a tight two, two and a half. It's, it's very well paced and I would struggle to pick things that I would take out of it. Uh, but buddy, what have you got for number five? <laughs> Well that was definitely 50-50 my next pick so <laughs> Well you're welcome you he <laughs> made the,
3: the choice team. for you uh, yeah thanks <laughs> so i've got two that i'm wanting to pick from one of them i'm not sure if it counts as the 3r rule because on Letterboxd, it's
0: 180 minutes, but on IMDb, it's 179. Nah, let, we'll
1: pay Letterboxd. We'll pay letterboxd. Yeah. we'll pay
0: letterboxd. Look, blue is the warmest color I, <coughs> I found on streaming, and that was 179. But my DVD oh, has it, it 180. And oh, letterbox 180, 180 so, so we counted. It's, yeah. all, all right,
3: all my lists are based on Letterboxd. Yeah, uh, no, same. Okay, all right. right. Uh, I, I went not specifically the movie as a whole, but how my experience and how I felt watching it. My fifth pick is Drive My Car.
0: Oh yes. nice. nice. Do it, um, nice.
3: I have to say this this experience watching it at the cinema it was just one of the most calmest, serene movies I've watched in a theater ever. I don't can't really explain it. Like it was just very therapeutic to me at that time, and you know I felt like I felt like on cloud nine when I finished watching it um you know i just i think if anyone's going through some shit maybe just chuck it on um you go for a ride in a car um <laughs> don't watch it in a car literally me
0: safe. yeah that's dangerous <laughs> man. No, but yeah it, it's my fifth how was you gonna feel this how i moves, felt yeah.
3: watching it i think it was one of the most therapeutic cinema experiences i've ever had and
1: that's why i think awesome. it was Awesome pick, man. I'm glad a film like that made such an international splash to the point where yeah. it's, like, rare that we'd even get to see a film like that in cinemas in our rinky-dink little Australian city.
3: Look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I probably wouldn't even uh, go see it. And I only went and saw it because I got nominated for Best mm-hmm. Picture. And I made Honestly, same. But, yeah. Yeah,
2: it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a really fun. It's a really calming, calming soothing calming watch. watch. Yep. Glad it exists. <laughs>
1: All right, this is... Um, this is really brutal now because I've got probably I've got literally got ten different films here that I could probably <laughs> pick for this last one. So um, I'm going to try and waffle a bit while I try and think of my decision. But uh, let me look at the state of my list and uh, maybe I will take something to diversify it. I've got my sort of most of my picks are pretty sort of film broy, fast paced, ambitious tales of crime or uh, n- many other things. So I'm going to take something a little bit different. I'm going to go with a period piece. Uh, Because, you know, length is a a common factor in period pieces. Guy's got Hamlet there. Um, I'm taking Barry Lyndon, which I think is, um, yeah, one of Stanley Kubrick's most underrated motion pictures. And um, I've only seen this the one time. Again, shout out to, um, I'm redeeming... uh, friend of the show Blake who hates hate for late but loves Barry (laughs) Lyndon so shout out Blake he'll be very happy that I chose this one but um look as a big lover of the favorite I think this film in many ways is the blueprint for a lot of what that movie does it's a very um like it's dark and dramatic but it also is quite like tongue-in-cheek and um very sexual and edgy and fun and occasionally anachronistic and um it's a super cool movie and uh, i would put it in probably my top three to five stanley kubrick films ryan o'neill's lead performance is really goddamn good and it's visually sumptuous and um yeah a really for a three-hour period piece it's um it's it's an entertaining one and uh, those are few and far between you know it's not stodgy and lame and boring and it's it's yeah it's a, it's a really cool movie
0: agree Uh, i haven't um, (laughs) haven't seen it i tried to have you seen that jared i I was actually wondering no i was going to watch it for this but it was like 15.99 to get on apple i could only buy it not rent it and i couldn't find a physical anywhere so i just um yeah yeah, the only place i can get it is to buy it and, and i don't believe in buying um uh, digital media. I would only buy it if it came on physical. Yeah. I would rent it. I, I, I but I'm found not it on Blu
1: ray for like five bucks in, in a record store. Yeah, I've got it so on Blu ray. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, jealous. Peanut butter. <laughs> but and but uh, yeah, it's I should be the Irishman to get Jaren's vote. <laughs> That's one of my that was that was the other one i was got i was weighing between uh, yeah i was between barry
1: and irishman but uh um yeah i wanted to chain switch the list up a little bit all right for the final pick of the show the one who started it all uh for your episode <laughs> guy well, i'm this could be anything
2: this really could, could be Irish anything i wasn't boat, expecting guy. yeah i wasn't expecting to have um as many of my picks as i wanted to so just give me one second um so I'm totally
1: surprised I, haven't come up
2: so. Yeah, our honorable mentions is going to go off, oh, but um, yes. yeah, just okay. wait
1: for our oh, next episode next week, that's going to have some okay. honorable mentions. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, all right, I'm gonna go with a movie that I hadn't watched in like seven years, and I watched for this one. Um, I'm going with 1956's Giant.
1: Oh, nice, I know uh, James it- Dean i jimmy haven't dean, seen it i so sorry <laughs> icons
2: we've got liz taylor rock hudson and jimmy dean um this was a movie i i i can't remember what i thought of it when i first watched it but when i watched it for this one i was so invested in what all of these characters were doing i do like western so i think that really helps but this is a really kind of it's an interesting mix between like you know hollywood kind of gloss but then also looking at Um, you know, racism as well. I will say, I think that it didn't get to a solid point about racism until like the last 15 minutes and it would have been good if they'd maybe brought that up earlier. But But at least it tried, which is more than most movies from the 1950s do. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was really interested in just watching all of these characters age throughout the course of a couple of decades. I thought it was a really interesting family drama. It talks a lot about how you know, parents put place expectations on children to kind of um, keep legacies alive. And yeah, it was just really, I I really got invested in, yeah, watching the lives of these three main characters just throughout, you know, the course of a couple of decades. I thought that was really, really cool. And one that I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. So it kind of took, it it shot up on my list a lot ahead of things that I thought were going to be unlocked, but
1: yeah. I've still only seen uh, Rebel when it comes to James Dean, so I'm going to have to get on that
0: one. Hot take. I don't like Game- Rebel
2: without a cause.
0: <laughs> I like it. I, that's a great film. I um, James Dean never lived long enough to say anything problematic, nah. so he remains an yeah. icon. Um, Hell yeah. He's yeah, we stand a king, king forever. forever. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, like he didn't have the fucking whatever. All right, anyway. Um, caps yep. off those, the are th- th- list. those are our lists. Yeah. <laughs> mm um so
1: i guess it's time to do do the usual uh stuff we do after the draft that is uh recap it's our list uh, yeah thank you man We're this gonna episode's going to be three hours
0: we We're running yeah.
1: and and so and so it be so it is uh jaron what films <laughs> did you pick today
0: all right so one to five suit to nuts so i've got schindler's list the deer hunter dust boot the godfather part two and avengers end game um I think I've gone a a very wide variety. Like I said, I've got a couple from the 70s, which probably is my favourite decade for a film. I've got the 80s and the 90s, which I also love, and then uh, a contemporary film very close to my heart. I go across a lot of different genres. Obviously, I've got a lot of war films, but I've also got crime and uh, action, which are two that are close to me. Um, So I'm a big fan of my list. I'm not sure about everyone else, but I'm a big fan of it. (laughs) Buddy, what have you got?
3: All right, my number one is Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Two Titanic, three Babylon, four blue is the warmest color, and five drive my car. I tried to do a little mix of um, you know, famous franchises, iconic franchises. I put Titanic in, which is you know I had to get one of my favorite movies of all time in, and then I tried to finish off the list with a bit of not so mainstream um, representation
1: all right and uh i chose magnolia the wolf of wall street jfk the hateful eight and barry linden now while i do pride myself on being an enjoyer of foreign films and classics i think i've ended up with the most mainstream list on the episode but um again these are just five films that i really love and re- very representative of my favorite kinds of three-hour films i do like the fast-paced ambitious ones uh, that wear their hearts on their sleeve and uh i just think these are five incredibly entertaining films and i've got barry linden at the end there which i think classes up the joint a bit in terms of uh, film snob cred. Uh, Guy, what do you
2: got? Alright, I've got Lawrence of Arabia, OJ, Made in America Jen Dillman, Hamlet and Giant Um, Say the full
1: Jen Dillman title
2: You know I'm not gonna Um, The film formerly known as, yeah, Jen Dillman Um, I cannot think of how these films come together in any way I just kind of enjoy what I like and yeah this is it. Thank you hell yeah hell yeah um, Thumbs up. all
1: right oh, done. <laughs> now we gotta it's time to do the honorable mentions so we go through those in reverse draft order so guy uh what films uh that you love didn't didn't get drafted today i feel like
2: a lot of the honorable mentions of films that are under 180 minutes um because oh. there were a lot that i yeah There's a lot of
1: great 179 minute movies <laughs> out i know there, literally
2: people. um for me i would have loved like, the sound of music only being 172 minutes kind of broke my heart a little bit. Um, I will say, I think objectively, the biggest kind of snub is The Godfather, which goes for 175 yes, seven, minutes. Once... Yeah, one oh, okay. okay. I will sure say, it's not my favorite movie, but I think, like, objectively, it is, like, the biggest kind of snub from this list. Um, Amadeus is a movie I really like shot, to shut, <laughs> okay i'll say it for him i'll say it for him um armadeus is 173 minutes that's a really good one and i would have loved to have picked the great escape which is 172
1: all right now i'll out some i'll shout out some actual uh three-hour movies that didn't get picked but um <laughs>
2: okay. um
1: all right so the green mile uh is a big one uh for yes, me as a young cinephile the irishman i very nearly picked uh Oppenheimer is a really great recent one uh, that I think would have gotten a lot of votes uh, had it been picked. RRR, rolls very high hey. on my list. Uh, Ben-Hur, which is another one of those great classics ones that it. I was shocked to like as much as I did. Uh, I put it in a similar camp to Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, Spike Lee's Malcolm X, which is one of the greatest biopics of all time. And uh, the last one I'll shout out is uh, The Right Stuff, which is a really, really great big ensemble cast, space race sort of movie from uh, the 60s, I believe. Uh, Yeah. uh, Buddy, got any honorable mentions? I know you didn't have a ton of films (laughs) on your board, but is that I
3: don't see how I I forgot to put Oppenheimer on my list. I didn't even write it down. Yeah, I was going to say, you surely would have been into that, Yeah. I love, that's probably my number one of the year so far. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, that's, 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 oh, that's, no. Uh, that's an
1: oversight. Oh, <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. Oh, uh, totally forgot. <laughs> uh, so having only 16 to pick from, I wouldn't say they're all honorable mentions, but I'll just tell you all the ones left on my list that uh, didn't get mentioned. Uh, Green Mile was uh, my, either my fifth pick between that and Drive My Car. Um then there was Avatar 2, uh, yeah. RRR, and then Gone with the Wind. They were the only ones left on my list. I'm I thought about watching them. Gone yeah. with the
1: Wind before this, but I chose John Dielman over it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think I made the call.
2: Correct choice. Yeah. yeah. So All my right. list
3: of 16 movies, uh, Gone with the Wind was on the very bottom. Yeah, after yeah the right. Palace Nova, and I just totally <laughs> checked out of that screening.
1: Like, it just, just, I'm like, it's four hours, and I'm like, it's... I don't want to gamble on how racist that movie is probably going to yeah. be to sit through four hours. All right, all right Jaren, do you, you got any honorable mentions?
0: Yeah, so um, in my top 15 out of the like 30, 40 I have, um, they were all either taken or mentioned except for two, and there are two that Jacob aren't high on, um, but I love them, so please let me have this. Uh, Once Upon a Time in America and Seven Samurai are two that, definitely could have made my list if two of the films I have were taken. Um, I love them very much. And then other films that I really liked but were a bit lower were films like um, I'm uh, Spartacus. I really like Spartacus. Um, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Spartacus is good. Um, I'm a big fan of um, James Cameron's King Kong, Um, uh, especially that that third. James Cameron? James Cameron's King, Peter Kong? Peter Jackson. Peter Peter Jackson. King Kong, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Peter Jackson's King Kong. Peter Jackson, James Cameron. They make the same movies. Um, I love the New York King stuff Kong. in that movie, but not the See. King I Kong love stuff. the monster. I love the Skull Island stuff, and I'm not huge on the New York stuff. Right on. So that's yeah. where it's kind of divisive for me. Except the last act in New York is terrific. I think it's the first act that goes down for me it probably does not need to be three hours king kong um, oh absolutely not uh, fucking
1: king Long, and then another right, guys?
0: movie which um <laughs> i was never going to draft because i do not love it as much as the rest of these but i have to shout it out because i did not think i was going to like it at all and i ended up really liking it this might be a point of contention but Zack snyder's justice league i'm just going to shout that out because that's a film I'm i not. did not think <laughs> i would like um and because i i, I do not like I do not like most of Zack Snyder's uh, film Pantheon and I did not like the first Justice League, but that caught me by surprise. I was quite a big fan of that. It is Um, like five times
1: better than the theatrical cut, making it a five out of 10 movie.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, so,
1: it's time to vote, and uh, I'm curious to see how Guy votes because they've probably seen like one film on each person's list. Yeah, but listen, uh, we're gonna you're, we're you're,
2: gonna. You're pretty correct on that one.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Jaren, kick us off. Who who gets your vote today?
0: Yes. Uh, in in saying that, um, Guy, you've you've uh, got a great list. I have not seen any of those films, uh, but there are five <laughs> great so recommendations. I appreciate already. it. Oh, actually, you haven't no, seen Lawrence no, of I Arabia. No. You damn. only saw Lawrence of Arabia for the first time recently. You don't make me think And, feel like and an I've idiot. seen it now. <laughs> I already feel like an idiot for not seeing them. Um, and and I, at least four of them were uh, – I was trying to sneak in as many as I could and they were lower on the list. Um, and uh, I won't rattle on too much because, buddy, you do have a great list, but far and away Jacob gets my vote because one, I haven't seen Barry Lyndon yet, but one through four, that's a fucking death's row of three-hour films, man. Those are four of my top th- – those those four – are just about in my top 10, top 12. Um, they are ridiculously great films to me, and that's uh, far and away my favourite list that was drafted here that wasn't my own.
1: Yeah, probably um, the smartest thing ever said on this podcast. Buddy, you, know, <laughs> you. you are up for your... Uh, who are you going to vote for? Um,
3: <clears throat> well, with Guy's List, I have only seen Lawrence of Arabia. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Um, Yeah, So there's a few in each list that I actually haven't seen or got around to watching, but I have to go over Jaron's list uh, as my vote. Um, I think you've picked a nice blend of critically acclaimed, really famous, iconic movies, but you've also put the really well done um, blockbuster mainstream
1: movies in with it too.
0: Probably one of the smartest things a guest has ever said on this podcast. Thank you
1: very much. Yeah, <laughs> I I get, every it. week they're coming in with those smart takes. Um, <laughs> all right, so for my vote, um, Guy, I've unfortunately only seen two of your movies, and you even surprised me with um, how, how how many uh, ones I haven't seen you got in there. So I hey. love your list. It's awesome. It's very you. Uh, I just have to eliminate because I've only seen two of the movies. But Lawrence of Arabia is fucking great. One I definitely would have happily picked myself. And um and we saw it together, so that was cool. And yeah. um, Jean Dillman I really um quite liked as well. So uh, I'm really ex- – definitely, especially Hamlet and Giant, I'm going to try and check out in the not-so-distant future. So it comes we down fix. to Jaron and Buddy. Yeah, And th- th- they were neck and neck pretty early on. Um, Jaron picking films I love. But then Buddy gets Babylon – which I probably like oh, better yeah. than everything on Jaron's list. So after the first three picks, it's real close. Then Jaron picks the movie that insists upon itself, which <laughs> knocks it down a pick. But <laughs> but then Buddy chooses two movies that I'm not huge on. I, I've seen every film on these two lists. Um, so it, it is very close, but I'm I'm going with Jaren for this one because Schindler's List, Deer Hunter, Dust Boot, and Avengers Endgame, all are brilliant films that I really, really liked and uh, would have happily drafted all of them. Whereas Buddy's got Return of the King and Babylon, which I like. Would have liked to have those, Kram, but um, Kram, there's, those two, there's a couple yeah. that I like every film there, but um, Jaren's got a high volume of um, classic. Awesome. I really thought these, Babylon
0: so. would 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 um, mm. lock that in. I was pretty so look, uh, hey, look, and had baby. Buddy chosen
1: maybe Oppenheimer baby. instead of Drive My Car, we could be having a, oh, d- a different Jam. conversation Ooh. right now, but uh.
0: But hey, That's uh, the way this <laughs> podcast crumbles, cookie-wise, all right? Um,
1: this is going you know, to be, uh, be an interesting <laughs> voting process for Guy. What? We'll talk us through it.
0: Who gets
2: your uh, vote? I might do a massive 180 and uh, just go with Jaron. I don't know. I like the Ooh. vibes of your list. I love Schindler's List and Dust Boot. Those are, those are two amazing films. Ooh. I was thinking of picking Dust Boot, but I knew from the Ocean episode that that was probably going to be your go-to. So I kind of steered clear <laughs> of that one. Um you should have stolen yeah. it from him. I Boy, have my not mind. found enough I had people my own, in I had my own agenda. I had my own things I wanted to <laughs> on go On your with. own trip. I've um, uh, yeah, not, I not seen turn, enough plus. people.
0: I've not. Thank you. I've not met enough people in this world that have seen and respect Dust Boots. So that is, that is huge. It's on the blue. I've got it, it on Blu-ray. It's
2: too good. Me too.
0: That So good. I've tried to I've tried to recommend that to everyone and I've it's uh, out of a, it's the a hundred bit of a people hard sell. About it. I think I've got two to watch it Jacob I watched it. it is it is <laughs> I got my dad to watch it and I think it's now his favorite movie of all time which is which is pretty oh, good wow. because it, it bet the like four John Wick
2: movies all <laughs> <But, laughs> um, the dads. Yeah. Shout out to all the shout dads. Out they're dad. great. Shout out Shout, shout out, out to, to me. Nick's
1: list from last week on the um, sound design episode. That
0: one. Oh that was one for the day. I'm so. a dad, and Dust Boots one of my favorite movies of all time. So I don't. Maybe maybe there is something to that. Maybe, um, yeah. maybe, there.
2: maybe How something I think to about to World that, War but, II,
0: II? II. How, on, a, on a weekly basis. Oh <laughs> well, I've got two I mean, movies you in this three list. Three more that are World movies in a row. The other one's Vietnam. So yeah.
1: So Jaron uh, has come in with an outright win. Uh, he had a big streak that was lost on our last a couple of episodes, but he is back. Uh, he's swept the board. Uh, congrats Jaron! And you, you put in the work for this episode. Cause you said you wanted to take more time to prep and study and watch more films before we did this. And it looks like that yes. hard work paid off.
0: I think that was actually, um, we would have done this a while ago, but, I'm um, I'm very sorry guy for the delay. I did tell Jacob, I want to see more, um, I needed to do the same, I don't yeah. Think, I think all of my research, um, none of the films I recently watched ended up on my list, so <laughs> it was a bit fortuitous. But um I did see some great films because of it. And even – I, I feel really bad because I got Guy's Vote, which I didn't expect, and I haven't seen any of his movies. But they are um – that is a fucking sick list, and they are all movies that were on my radar, especially Giant is one I've wanted to watch for years, same as Lawrence of Arabia. Do. So I definitely, yeah. I definitely will get to those and probably tell you – um what i think i'm i'm assuming i'm going to love them because i fucking love jimmy dean and Lawrence of Arabia's my my kind of jam also um Jacob, you've got a great list, buddy. You've got a great list. This is very competitive, but uh, happy to take out a win. It's one of the smartest things any of you three have done. (coughs) And look, your your votes
1: at the process. Look, Jaron watched and loved two of my recommendations in Magnolia and JFK. So I'm a happy boy today as well uh, to at least get his vote on this app. So uh, yeah, congrats, Jaron. And uh, again, this is a great excuse to just catch. A bunch of films that I've been putting off because I find when I'm going through classics, yeah. I, I find myself often putting off the really long ones because yeah. they're really long. So when you have a deadline <laughs> yes. like this, um, it was really cool. I ticked off a lot Agreed. of bucket list movies. I didn't love a lot of them, but then I got JFK, which I would already consider an all time
0: favorite. It seems so. to be a pattern. Jacob was like, "You should watch JFK," and I was like, "You should watch Once Upon a Time in America." <laughs> and then I gave JFK a near five out of five, and he gave Once Upon a Time in America a one out of five. So <laughs> that's pretty much how we went back and forth. But um Hated that movie. Uh, that's <laughs> not go down that road jaren yeah uh, i didn't draft it
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no you didn't draft it on either of our episodes because he probably knew i was just going to start talking about the rape scenes but um look
0: it's not as it's it's not as good as the five i have and yeah we can we can talk about those scenes in depth because i don't um you know i i don't think it's as that is just saying it is not, not the act, the act is terrible, but the way it's portrayed, anyway. And um, next week we're doing New York films, so we'll probably go down this list. road again mm-hmm.
1: on that one. Yeah. So, uh, that, that, yeah, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much to our guests for coming on. Thank you, Guy, for suggesting this topic. You've given us a lot yes. of uh films to chew on and explore, and uh, you didn't get the W, but again, no one's had an outright W on their own topic because they do pick the niche ones because they've seen uh <laughs> everything from that topic as opposed to everyone else on the show. But uh, thanks for coming on is there anything you want to shout out or plug and where the people can find you uh
2: my name's duck soup on uh letterboxd and yeah do that yep that'll be in the description
1: and uh buddy thank you also for coming on you had a lot of great picks and uh you managed to cobble together a list even though you weren't um super (laughs) confident but uh you know where can the people find you what are you up to these days
3: uh thank you very much my name on letterboxd is buddy o and on uh, Instagram, you can find me at Buddies, Buddies, Buddies.
0: So <laughs> Such a great name, by the way. When, when, yeah, when Jacob always... showed me, your, he he sent me a link and was like, this is one of our guests. I was like, this guy rules. And just reading <laughs> that. <laughs> and yeah, it he's took always me so long reasons. to think of a,
3: an Instagram name, a name for that oh you nailed it like weeks and weeks i couldn't come up (laughs) with anything i'm not not even going to make an account if i can't think of a good name and then that one came to me and was like that's the only option
1: these guests with these fun names and then i'm just the very literal jacob watches films (laughs) which is where you can find me on instagram that's where i post everything i'm doing up at the time this episode's mm. coming out, I'm probably burying you in reviews from the Adelaide Film Festival right now. Hey. When this film's out, I've probably seen Poor Things twice, which is my most. The Anatomy film of, the of a Fall. So the yeah. Anatomy of a Fall. It's I so am. fucking good. Believe me, I am. Oh yeah, I, I will have. As at the time this is released, I have seen Anatomy of a Fall. I just haven't. Mm-hmm. and loved but,
2: it. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah i love sandra hula number one best anyway well that's uh, that's a topic for another episode uh there yeah, thank you so much for listening you can find the podcast at the film draft on instagram subscribe to us on spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you listen we're even on youtube uh at the behest of former guest aaron joe kim shout outs to aaron uh yeah you can vote in the polls every week for uh, who has the best lists uh, curious to see what happens with this one and uh jaron you want to take us home
0: yeah, by the time this comes out, um, I less exciting than the Adelaide Film Festival, but I'll uh, probably have a second child in my house. <laughs> wow! Um, so you will find me thank you. You will find me probably posting nothing, but trust me, I will be watching a <laughs> lot of movies. Like when my first child came, it's, um, pretty much all I did. I watched Nosferatu with him like twice in one night. Um, he was unconscious for it, but I could tell that he loved it. Through <laughs> alone. Um, but you can find me at just an idea productions on, uh, Instagram. Um, we're editing our feature film right now. We'll probably be in a picture lock where, when, when, it, when you're listening to this, which is exciting, uh, find me on letterboxd at a, at the very simple Jaron Heron. Um, um, and, and, and that's me. This has been a really great guest. Um, you guys have been great, Guy and Buddy. The irony of having two guests on named Guy and <laughs> Buddy lost on us. Oh, please don't. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you're not my Buddy, Guy. I, I said I wouldn't say it, but I had to get it out. I felt like Ron Burgundy trying not to <laughs> okay. sit back in, in his <laughs> meeting. Expe- uh, but no, you guys have been really, really wicked guests. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, hopefully we have two equally as good guests next week yeah i wonder who they can imagine be. if oh, we did who? that would be yeah. insane yeah oh my god that would be outrageous all right we'll see you then <laughs> i'm gonna make them an awful camera frankly my dear i don't give a damn i oh, want a day what a
1: lovely day been around the station a few times assemble no! with the first pick in the draft